Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. This episode is the pregame episode to Clock's 2023 EMEA Summit, taking place in London on September 18th and 19th. I'm joined by Anya Lyons, fellow Clock board member and senior vice president and deputy general counsel at VMware. Anya and I discuss what's on the mind of our new Clock European Advisory Committee, like what legal ops looks like in Europe and our opportunity to continue growing our organization and community there. Plus, we get into all the rich content we've been planning for our summit. The theme this year is AI and agility. And while I vowed not to get into AI on this episode, well, there I went. Hope you consider joining us at the Clock Amia Summit in London. Come say hi if you do. I'll be there podcasting. And if you can't make our Clock Amia Summit, no worries. We'll be publishing podcast episodes to keep you front seat to all the content and all the action with our speakers, attendees, and our vendors and sponsors. Enjoy. Hi, Anya. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Lovely to chat to you anytime. Anya, it's a good thing we're tech professionals because sometimes this virtual podcasting really tests your strength here. Are you sure does. Te- Never trust the tech. No. And remote working. I'm in my summer home. So thank you for bearing with our tech issues. But lovely to connect. It's lovely to connect. Anya, we're connecting because Clockamia Summit is coming in a couple weeks, September 18th in London. It is your show, as in you're our board of director over at VMware, who pins it all down for us in region. Are you looking forward to this like I am? I'm going to see you there. I can't wait. I selfishly set myself the goal with the clock team of, I want to build a conference that I really, really want to go to. Because sometimes it's a mixed bag. You see the agenda. and, And so I really wanted to go deep on one topic as an experiment. So in legal ops, we're told to pilot things and experiment. This is a bit of an experiment, but... I'm really excited by the agenda and the speakers. It's pretty amazing. And I'm not alone. Thankfully, just today, we launched our new Clock EMEA Advisory Committee, and we've got some fantastic thought leaders on there. So excited to tell you about them as well. Can you quickly, out of memory, run us through the roster of our amazing advisory committee in Europe? Many people will know Chris Fowler, who's been an industry veteran on legal ops. He's also been a GC. He's now at Rio Tinto as their legal COO. And I said to Chris today, I'm loving that title. I love when we elevate the legal ops roles and the titles. So Chris, Rio Tinto went into a new industry and a new challenge. Amy McConnell from Vodafone. Vodafone have been a huge supporter of Clock. They have their new GC, Micah, to be there. And Amy's now working for her leading a legal solutions role, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like my role, like legal tech, legal solutions. Is it a process solution? Probably. And it has contracting, a lot of contracting as well. And then you've got Sean Houston, who's our regional lead, Central Europe at Heineken. And Sean is building a team. He's been at Heineken for two years, has been all across the industry, great leader for us there. 
And then Nick Cranfield, who's our UK clock regional leader, who's at Therme Group. So the spa, we keep saying, when are we going to visit those spas and hotels that they're setting up? But he has a lot of experience. That's where we'll do next year's next year summit. You and me will go to the spas and we'll just podcast about AI. One of my favorite things to do. Same, same. Massages and spas, always up for spa time. And then you have, and Nick was at Dyson. That's when I first met him doing legal ops. And now he's doing more of a legal GC kind of role, but bringing that ops DNA there. And then Catherine Rasavere from Adidas. Great. So Catherine's on as well. Anyone else on that advisory committee? Yeah. And excited to have Catherine because she's been in the role for a really long time at Adidas for 16 years. So, you know, great legal experience. And then Sheila Dusso, who's at Faring Pharmaceutical. And again, Sheila's in the role a long time, has a huge amount of experience. She was a COO, C, a controller before comes with that background. And they've all got like, there's a mix of lawyers and people who did other careers. And just, I think really it'll inspire people to see them and they're going to be helping me and Nick and Sean just really reimagine how we support Tamia because we talked today about we can do better. We can do something different coming out of post-COVID. You know, it's time to refresh things and also really show up more for our community of legal ops people in Europe. We do our conference every year. We do some regional meetings, but I think we can do more. There's more to do. There's a lot of fertile ground there and people more and more coming online into these ops roles globally and including Europe. What's your and the advisory committee's sense of where are the ops people? Where are the lights on in Europe across the region? Really depends on the companies, but for sure, really active in the UK, Germany, the Netherlands. There is an ops community in France and Spain, but probably our largest cohort of clock members, probably Central Europe and the UK, but all over. And interesting people who I met when I first started out who were already very mature in their roles in Europe, depending on their companies. But then they've changed. They've gone into law firms or into legal tech firms. And then last year at Clock, I don't know if you remember, we saw so many new people new to role because we won our boot camp for our 101 boot camp. And I was just amazed at the amount of people who are taking the leap into the profession and how it's still growing because sometimes you live in a bubble like for us where we're, you know, been in the role for a while, but I love to see that. Yeah. I love it on all ends, growing new entrants, where the more mature and career folks in this are taking it. Hopefully we don't keep losing them to like law firms. Not that that's a loss, but if they switch roles and scope of work, I want to keep those people. And I am just remembering we did a a 101, a legal ops 101 at Clockamia last year. Are we doing it again this year? Oh my gosh, it's sold out. We're doing it again this year. It's sold out. Yeah, it's sold out. It's it's already sold out all our sessions. And, but that is always, I think, a really, really well sought after. Because if you're new in role, it's amazing to just go to a boot camp and sort of get a big download straight away and spark a lot of ideas. But what was really interesting about today, though, was we were all talking about giving back is so rewarding as well. And I remember in the early days, people taking my calls when I really had no idea what I was doing. And I will always remember that and how grateful I am. So I think being on this committee, I felt everybody really has a great sense of giving back. And that lovely thing about clock, which is you really can just 
phone a clock friend at any time or jump on with you for a clock talk and just say, you know, I have a problem. How do we solve it together and share knowledge? And that's really sharing knowledge. It's the big thing. I phoned a friend with you recently over breakfast in New York where I was telling you just some of the challenges I'm working through in role. And you said, you know what, Jen, as you ate that really cool looking omelet at that French place, you were like, you need to do this. And you gave me a two, three minute prescription that was basic. It was like concentrated and it was what I needed to do. And I said, yes, boom, light bulb went off. I went and did this with my GC a couple of times since. It was a new style scorecard quarterly report pushed, never asked for, but pushed, never pulled. And then you and I went high-end pajama shopping. I love those pajamas. I don't know about you, but I'm... I'm, I'm a convert. I'm a convert to high-end pajamas. They're all black. There's no text. And I'm going to bed in style. It's like a whole new form for me. So what... Well, it's like a clock event. I feel you come away. You have coffee with some people. You have a glass of champagne with others. You're hard up about what's going on with your job. And there's some level of whatever it is, it's trust. There's a lot of trust in our community where we feel we can share because we've all had very similar challenges. Driving change, because that's really what the role is. You're trying to be an innovator and drive change where most people want the status quo because they're afraid of change. Yeah, they do. They're afraid of change. It's the natural place the brain wants to go is routine and status quo. But I love this really fresh update from the newly formed advisory committee out in Europe. We got what you guys are feeling. You're seeing nothing but a green field ahead to keep growing this thing out there. And then we're going to hear more from those folks when I come out and do the podcast lounge in London in two weeks. I'm going to be running around to all of them, pulling them in. And they're going to be clock talking with you. And I think that community would really love to hear from these people and elevating more of our thought leaders and people in roles all across Europe is just something that we need to do because we need to get that European voice, but just a global voice out there for clock. And I think that's a great way to do it. What a great plug for volunteering, being of service and joining a group or a council or a committee inside CLOCK. We're kickstarting, rebooting a lot of them right now. Educational Advisory Committee is out or is it council? Oh, goodness. It's one of the two. The EAC is recasting for Fresh Blood, The Voice. It's the council. Thank you. Educational Advisory Council. And we had a ton of applicants, all fresh names and faces. I'm working with Angela for marketing, casting for voice and brand council. And these are ways to just get into groups of seven to 10 like-minded people you probably wouldn't talk to normally every month and do a couple things, cool things together. Solve for voice and brand, solve for the education or the panel speakers or our content that goes into all clock events. Really fun. I love this. People should apply. This is how you make the best of the community. It's via service. Anya, the theme of this year's Clock EMEA Summit, is it AI and agility or is it agility? Yeah, and I think we're all expected right now. Our GCs are looking to us. The business is looking to us to meet those guides for what do we do with Gen AI, AI in general, these large language models, companies looking for advice. And then we're also thinking about I'm personally thinking, how can we be opportunistic when the business is going to invest in these things that legal doesn't get left behind or left out of the voice of, hey, we have use cases too that could be valuable to the company because 
it's always hard to get budget and profile for legal, but every CEO is thinking about this. So being at the table. So I think this conference for me was a way for people to go deep on AI, hear lots of different perspectives. We've got some amazing speakers and come away with sort of something that they can take back when they're asked, what should we do with AI? Where are we on that journey? And everyone's in a different place. Every industry is in a different place as well. Tech companies are more at the forefront. Chris was saying today on our committee, you know, for their company in oil and gas, it's slightly different. So we need to have an industry lens as well. But the people piece is so important because again, a bit like the internet, if AI is available in our cars, in our homes, if it's available in our workplaces, just sort of an infrastructure that we now start to use like the internet. In a couple of years, that could be what we're facing. And let's not be blindsided. Let's just be thought leaders and people who are thinking ahead for our legal teams and thinking about the risks, obviously, and just thinking about the opportunities as well and educating everybody. One of my things at VMware is I just want everybody to feel like they are not afraid of this technology and they feel like they can talk about it in a way that they feel confident that it's not something that's daunting. But let's be real, Anya. They're afraid of this technology. I did a psych experiment, which I really think that's what our roles are. Just we're in white lab coats doing psych experiments inside legal departments. So I had one of my third party SaaS vendors, my tech vendors around contracting, do a demo in their sandbox of Gen AI and one way to use it. And the lawyer in the group, I just studied her face. I didn't care about the tech. All I cared about was her face and how fast the hand raise function went up. So I stopped watching her. It was like 2.3 seconds. And she's like, bing, bing. And I'm like, lawyer in the group. And she's like, where does this come from? Where is this going? Who wrote this? And, and like questions as a lawyer should ask. And for me to see it through her eyes and go, if the lawyer or the drafter doesn't know where this came from, it's as good as Mad Libs, which is, I don't know if that's made it in Europe, but Mad Libs was like a, 1980s and 90s game where you fill in, there's a blank template of a story and you fill in adjectives, adverbs, exclamations, and then you read it out in the end. And it's like, it's random word generated fun stories and like one in 10 come out so funny because people are just making up random words. That's what it felt like to her. And why would a lawyer trust that? They're trained not to trust and to assess risk and they're wordsmen and craftsmen and women. So that's where I'm holding with Gen AI, which is cool idea. People should be skeptical right now. And we have a lot of testing to do. So we're going to come together at Clockamia. We can get all of these ideas out together and all kind of line up in a kick line and plant these seeds. You're nodding. You're agreeing. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I think we need to just keep having conversations and educating ourselves. But if we don't test it, pilot it, we're not going to know what the risks are. And the business actually expects us to also advise them on that. I similarly, which is really funny, only two days ago, I had a professor come and talk and do, he did libels uh, of ChatGBT and he'd used our contract, our contract, I gave it to him. And again, it was light bulb moments for many, many people about A, what it could do and how powerful it is. And that sort of intelligence as knowledge, as a commodity, as a service now, and just thinking about that and what that looks like. But I've been saying this for years, like AI without HI, that human intervention, 
unless you have a private hived off only on your own data model, you should not be trusting what comes out of these tools yet. But, but it will get to a place where it's just an enabler for us. I think it's going to be an enabler for you and I and our teams and companies because of the way you and I are solving problems in a couple contract areas in a very similar way. And the more you metadata eyes, the guts of the contracts and all of that, then the better sense an LLM will have to generate within four new language that is relevant to VMware or Netflix or the companies we work at. So it's like if and only if there were years of human intelligence and roadmaps and solutions and such that pave the road here. It's no silver bullet. I, you know, it's funny in our prep call, I said, we're not going to talk about AI. And now I'm yelling. It's hard not to. But I mean, for me, I think just start small. Like at VMware, I'm sure it's the same. You have a ton of data already. You've got a lot of templates. You got to, I know because you and I talk about templates all the time in Playbook and we both used Xmentium to manage the volume. But we already have a ton of data. We don't need to even leverage something externally yet. We have so much data that we could layer on our AI in a private sense initially and also just make people more productive. But yes, we've lots more conversations to have. That's what makes these roles interesting, Jen. It's innovation and change constantly. It also is what makes these roles hard and completely anxiety inducing. And you and I talk so much about just how we take care of ourselves through this so we can come in and navigate constant uncertainty. Because I got the questions too. What are we doing with AI, generative AI? I'm like, how about you let me finish CLM implementation and do that well? And so we don't all cry and quit cry over that. And I got a little time there. But yes, Anya, so this is why we're bringing this topic to the fore as the EMEA Summit theme. And all of our guest speakers, our openers, keynotes, they're all topical experts in this. Is it Kel Nordstrom? Did I say his name right? Or is it's it Shell? Shell. It's Shell. Shell. Yeah. I just did a prep call this morning with Shell, a few of us, and I was so impressed with his just big picture change, economic, political, globalization, how that has all changing. And then he really does a great job in talking about the future and also history repeating itself. Our reactions to the internet are very similar to our reactions now to Gen AI and how over time that changes. And yeah, he was fascinating. I think people will really enjoy him. Yeah. And Andrew Perl. It's so topical. Oh, sorry. The, the other speaker is. Yeah. The other, who's our closer speaker is Dean Perlman, who's just been yesterday, actually, appointed to the American Bar Association AI Task Force. And he's been a leading professor and thought leader on this topic for a while. And I read one of his articles in the Harvard Business Review and contacted him. And I think he's going to do a great job of just turning on the light bulb for all of us. He talks about the risks, which I love because we really do need to be careful, careful as a society, how we use this and thinking about choice and algorithmic choice and thinking about how we also protect people's privacy, protect our IP. For many of our companies, we really want to protect our content and our IP. Content is value. You and I talk about this a lot. Content, content and data is so valuable. And that's the risk here too, that you're generating amazing content and somebody else is using it. Huge risk. And what a great spectrum with these speakers. It's like future 
analogous to internet new beginnings? And then how do we be careful and do this right and not hurt or harm the business or individuals? Anya, I love this. From AI Agility Podcast, Legal Ops 101, you and I are going to be rehearsing together something. We're going to have a podcast on stage, I think, at the end. I'll be running around in leggings doing cardio while you practice some speech, I'm sure. This is what we did last year. I can't wait to see you in a few weeks. We are going to have an EMEA Summit like no other. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Let's rock this one. And wonderful to meet everybody in Europe because they're an amazing community. Anya, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I can't wait to see you in London at the Clock Amia Summit. Take care, Jen. Thanks a million and talk to you soon. Bye. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Anya, for your leadership and for jumping on with me today to hype us up. I'll see you in London. You can catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.